In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. You ever been riding down the road, seeing a piece of property that you couldn't live without, or maybe just wanted to sell your own land? Give our boy Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties a call, 770-296-2163, day or night, or check him out on Facebook. If you're in need of a processor this year, after you've made that great harvest on that giant buck you've been chasing, give North Georgia Deer Processing a call. Located at 1610 Arnold Spence Road in Ball Ground, Georgia, Tyler and his family are building something better than we could have ever dreamed to see them do, and we sure are proud to have them as a partner of ours. Give him a call at 770-883-9786 to take care of all your deer processing needs. Are you in need of forestry mulching, tree services, hauling, grading, and excavation in the southeast? Well, give our buddy Logan Severa a call with LRS Land Services. You can head over to Facebook, Instagram, and check out his work, or give him a call at 404-889-1105. Stop putting off clearing that back for you and give our boy a call. Ready, Nick? Let's do it. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live from the Cruiser Saddle Studio. Once again, we're on the second part of our Illinois adventure for Talk About It Outdoors. We're going to talk about the successes and the failures that we saw this year, and it's probably going to surprise everyone at what we learned for everyone that's here. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. This is going to be a fun one, and I promise you're going to enjoy it. Nicholas, if we was chasing November, we've run right on out the door, son. We're on the 29th day of November. Sleigh bells are ringing. And it is almost time for December <laughs> and Christmas time in the South. So welcome uh, back and glad to see you, old buddy. Good to good to see you here with such a smile on your face. The old legend done knocked down a buck himself over Thanksgiving holiday, and I'm proud to see it. Felt good. Felt real good. Felt good to pull that trigger again. It felt good to pull that trigger for the first time on that gun. How many years ago did you buy that thirty out six? I think I told Red the other day I bought I bought it thing four years ago, and um, had countless opportunities to shoot deer, but never did. Always told every time we go down there to Johnson County, I tell always tell Red I'm gonna kill something this afternoon. He's like, No, you're not. No, you're not. I told him that afternoon when we was getting ready to go out, and I said I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot a doe or something this evening. Ryan said I got the place for you, so awesome made it happen. A lot of years spent down there. I know since back in school, you were going down and spending time with Mike and Mark and Ryan and his entire family. A lot of memories made down there. Is that the first time you've killed a buck? 
No, that's my second eight pointer I've taken down there. I've only killed two deer down there. Both of them have been with guns and um, not far from one of each place is where I killed them. Nice. So, yeah, it was good. Got it all on film. Um, was able to go with Ryan's cousin the next afternoon and video a doe. He killed a doe, and then like five minutes later, a buck come out in the field. And pretty cool video. He took it, but we, we didn't get the shot on camera, which is fine. Um, had a pretty cool recovery on that one. Um, not too sure about the recovery footage on my deer. Uh, Ryan was running the camera, so <laughs> maybe a lot uh, of foul language in there. there. There's no telling what how much, how zoomed in it is or anything like that. But be on the lookout. 2023 looks like we're going to have close to hope, hopefully 10 episodes. Awesome. Well, thanks for working on that. I know you've been putting in some work on it, and now that uh, now that you're not going to have a podcast to do next week because somebody's going to be out of town, we uh, hopefully we can get some work done on that. We <laughs> <laughs> no, got a rat in your I pocket. Like I like it. I like it. Put but, me to work. Well, the uh, the the website for everyone that's been asking about it for apparel's coming soon. We've we've seen some teasers of that. So if anyone's looking for that stuff, be watching our social media for it. Hopefully, it's out in the near future. And uh, for for everybody that's wanting to support us and continue to support us as we grow. We appreciate it, and everyone that's done it in the past, we sure appreciate it there. Also, some big news. I talked to you this week uh, about a little thing that may be working with R.P. Scritchfield over at Scritchfield Knives, and uh, the actual signature knife that Talk About It Outdoors may put out in partnership with R.P. Scritchfield at Scritchfield Knives um, for uh, our KT team fundraiser for the year, and a little something we're working on there, so be looking looking for that to drop on the social soon. Hopefully, we get something put together for it. You said you used that knife for the first time, didn't you? I did. I used it on that entire deer. People kept saying, you want this knife, and you want, this, you want to borrow this knife? And I was like, nope. And I cleaned the whole deer by myself. Seems like when you get a lot of people in camp, they like to partake in a couple of adult beverages. Nobody really wants to help. <laughs> they just kind of get out of your way and back up. Just stand there and talk, boy. That's a good one. It's it, it, was, a good one. it was good, though. I took my time. and um, Actually, this was probably the first time I'd done it, but um, I deboned the entire deer off of everything. While it was hanging? Mm-hmm. I yeah. deboned it all and took it. So It took a little bit longer, I guess, but. When you're standing around in a group like that, and this was the first year we really got to experience that in Illinois and skinning them out in a big group, it's so much fun at night to stand around and drink, you know, a few cold beers and and talk because it's always going to be, well, I wouldn't have shot that one. I don't let that walk or this, that, and the other. And so it's a good jab. And of course, you're passing the snops around. And another one of our team members might have knocked down a bucket over Thanksgiving holiday, uh, a little redemption tour for uh, Mr. Tyler Moore. Tyler, how was that for you? It felt great. (laughs) It must have, the way you called me. He was was plump pumped up. I thought he killed a booty crock. I was. I was. It felt good. Well, we got it skin out and and, uh, got to spend a little time together on a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's nice. Got to to take some pictures. He was was fired up. Fantastic buck. Great buck. We've got Mr. Brunson's laying here in front of us. Yep, ready to ship out. So, are we going to? Or how many knives do you think we're going to have? <sighs> I, you know, I don't know. I know we're doing the turkey knife again. Mm-hmm. Uh, RP's already got it cut out. But what I'm hoping uh, to happen is for us to collectively get together and decide on handle material for that knife. And I, I really like the shape and design that he created. That knife that that I bought from him, it's been great. I've skinned every deer with it. It's got a you know a great point. But he's come out with a new one that's got a little bit of a 
kind of a J hook on the top of it. Um, he calls it a D loiner, uh, and it's to get the inner tenderloins. If you don't field dress one out from the inside on a little precision cutting, um, not sure it's something that, that I would want to say our signature knife, but that knife that he's got that he made for me, I really like the shape of it, the way it skins and everything. So hopefully it's something we can push out as, as a knife that, that is co-branded by us and, and people can purchase it from RP through a, through a fundraising effort for the KT team. Gotcha. So that's what I'm hoping it to be. And, and we haven't got the, all the logistics out on it yet. Of course that's to come as we go, but, um, Great, great trip. Great to be back uh, in in the studio again. Last episode got a lot of rave reviews, uh, a lot of fun, fun had. That was probably one of the funnest nights we've had in a while. Where everyone was here, we just cut up and had a great time talking with each other. But we went over all the the deer successes that we had, and I don't want to call them failures. I was thinking about that today. I don't want it to everyone to think that going on a trip is considered a failure. And mm-hmm. and you kind of brought that to my attention. And some of the successes you had with that, but you you've you've gave the 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 prod long enough on something. You said you got a wake boat episode or a wake boat topic. So you want to talk about that before we get started on what what we experienced this year? One hundred percent. But I want you to explain to new listeners what the wake boat is. So wake boats were something that came up on an episode prior that I don't like them on the river due to the erosion, due to people trying to fish. They're terrible up in the creeks, and we've considered it the wake boat topic because it got me so fired up. And I've got a little bit of feedback and uh, a lot of a lot of lashback from a couple of folks on that. Like, I can't believe you don't like wake boats. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't have to like – some people don't like broccoli and cheese. I mean, I like broccoli and cheese. So, I mean, it's just one of those <laughs> topics that – we call it the wake boat topic. And uh, you said you've got a pretty good one, so I'm, I'm awful get, curious. Yeah, and you guys would never would have guessed this in a million years, dude. And I, and I was just floored on the way home. And I was pissed off, to be honest with you. It was on the ride home. Me and Brandon – I guess we got to about Murfreesboro or something on the way home. And, and and all of us like to eat fast food, right? I mean, I love fast food. You get it on the road, you get to going. But I'll tell you what. I went to that Crystals. And for anybody that eats Crystals, they have a they used to have a three-pack chicken sandwich meal with fries. Okay. Now it's two chicken and fries for the same price. Okay. I couldn't have got full off three before, but now I'm having to buy two more. My bill was $18, dude. For two chicks? No, no two chicks, and I had to add two more. Oh, so four chicks. So see, you, you, get four, you get four burgers, but if I ate them burgers. Gut grenades. Oh, yeah. Gut grenades. That's what they up. are. Tear me up. Straight but, butt piss. And I know that that's, that don't even pertain to hunting other than being on the road, but how are you going to go from two of those? What are those things? Two inches by two inches? Maybe. <laughs> How are you going to go from three to two and still charge? Y'all must not get chicken sandwiches from there. I don't eat Christmas. I, I get the, the indigestion city. Yeah. You get the chick, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I can't afford Chick-fil-A. This is on a Sunday, too. No, it was on Saturday. but The Lord's chicken was No, closed. I just I know that's just kind of a cliche. But that just pissed me off when I went in there. Well, matter thought, of fact, you bringing that up kind of goes ahead and gets me on something. <laughs> I was on the phone with none other than Mr. Cody Mayo and went to Zaxby's just this week. Yesterday, as a matter of fact. Rung up, got me wings and things. Fries, small drink. She said, we ain't got no smalls. We got mediums. Oh, that'll be fine. Give me. And I thought, you know, maybe a medium cup. And I pull up to the window. I was expecting $12. 13 at the most tax. She said sixteen eighty nine. I thought, 
And I was on the phone. I said, what did I order? I literally thought I'd ordered two whole meals. $16 mm-hmm. for Zaxby's. And guess it's, where Alex won't be going back to eat no get, slimy-ass chicken? It's getting Zaxby's. outrageous, boys. Well, everything's going up. A bag oh, of tater yeah. chips, I bought some. Me and the kids went to town Saturday, went to Publix. A bag of Doritos used to be, what, three bucks, maybe two fifty nine, something like that. It was almost $7 for one bag of Doritos. And, of course, they had to have And not even the family size. There was a super size, whatever it is. It's just a regular old bag of Doritos. Luckily, they had them for two, two for seven or something like that on sale. But what if they wasn't on sale? Dude, it's getting crazy. Have I you told seen? Brandon, we're just going to start making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and taking on the road. We'll stop at a rest area and have us a picnic. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> I can, if I can make a suggestion for uh, one to stop at, uh, stop at the one there at the lake when you cross into Tennessee. Beautiful setting. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is beautiful right yeah, there. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. not beautiful setting there. They got that rail that you can walk down there to and look yeah, at the lake. Yeah, you can sit there. I can yeah. see you and Brandon sitting there looking out across that lake eating yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> we did stop there on the way back. We was crying our sorrows over those deer <laughs> we didn't have. Well, it was. Uh, yeah, you're right, though. Everything's got. It. Have you seen the latest trends on on TikTok and all the the girls telling their daddies they've put diesel in their cars? Yes, yes. <laughs> that tickled the fire out of me. That one dad, he was so mad. You put what in my Bronco? <laughs> that green handle don't even fit in there. She said, "Well, I had to kind of hold it back and squeeze it." And he said, "Are you retarded? Are you stupid? This is ridiculous." So I love it. So that was the wake boat topic. That was it, man. Oh, was... you really built that suspensefully yeah, up. Sorry, I, dude, was... I was let down. Okay, you spend nine dollars and you get two of them little sandwiches. You better get a large fry. You need to start going to eat a basket shack. Well, they didn't have a basket shack on the way home <laughs> from, from Illinois. I think Brandon spent like twenty three dollars. Good lord, he got he got three chili pups. Yeah, he got like the basket twice or whatever. But well, they've got the so there's two places. That you can eat on a bargain. Wendy's is one of them. That biggie bag deal oh, you yeah. can get, you can get the biggie, biggie bag or the big, biggie bags. It's $5. You get four nuggets. You can get a junior bacon cheeseburger or whatever the double cheeseburger is, fries and a drink for five fifty five. You can upsize your drink and it's a little under six bucks. That's the best deal I've found. They've got a five for five menu at Crystal's and the chicks on there. Boy, you got burned. Yeah, somebody didn't like you or something. Did you look at your receipt? All the menus are like that. I even looked at one in Canton the other day. And they J- Jamie, Google that and if you don't downsized. care to find out what a what a five what's on the five for five. If if you can get, I think you can get chicks, but I didn't want four chicks and a drink. I wanted fries too. You could have got ten chicks or or eight chicks, a fries and a drink for I eleven got four, bucks. Four chicks, a fry, and got a drink out of my cooler. Man, there you go. Oh, God, I should have done that. They burn you on drinks. They burn oh, yeah. you on drinks. Anytime you go out to eat or anything like that, that's that's something I do not do. I always order water. If I go to the basket, I order tea because it's included with the meal. Well, let's get in some deer hunting. That's enough. Deer hunting in the uh, in the Midwest for twenty twenty two. It's not over with yet, but it is well nigh underway for most everyone. The Illinois trip this year was was pretty damn successful when you look over the whole scope of where everyone was at. We mm-hmm. took, you know, some amazing animals, put deer on uh, people that uh, – guys for the first trip, Chad Brunson, um, and we were able to to take some amazing deer. Mark Tucker beat us all out again. Um, no surprise there, as uh, east as he is. And uh, – He's over here flexing. Yep. And that, and that large. <laughs> <laughs> That's a medium. That's a large time. That's a medium. <laughs> It's a large snug. 
What'd you say? You've turned you sideways, you'd be six foot tall? Oh, no, that one, what'd you say? <laughs> well, um, first and foremost, let's go into um, the thoughts for newcomer to the Midwest. First time trip. Tyler was, uh, was well, he was gracious enough to just accept an invitation to go with us. Um, we extended it to him. And he went, and and I want Tyler to kind of talk us through his entire thought process leading up to Illinois. Y'all twisted his arm to go. Though, oh yeah, right? oh yeah, yeah had to go. tear him. It was a hard sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he begged, begged, and pleaded without actually asking to go. I thought you said he jumped in the back of the truck, and y'all didn't know it till y'all get to Tennessee. <laughs> we got about Nashville. He, yeah, yeah, he was popped out up out the back. He, he was knocking on the back. <laughs> he he rode with, he, he rode with none other than Mr. Joshua Underwood. They actually piled up, rode together in a little Tacoma. So. And that was not Josh's first time, was it? No, Josh had been going for the last two years and hunting on the piece of private that he had that he actually lost this year is why he went over and hunted with us. So I got you. So, Tyler, uh, take us through the first thoughts when uh, when we started talking about going to Illinois. Oh, I was I was pumped. I couldn't wait to go. What was your prep work like? Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of prep. I keep my stuff pretty much together all year long. Um, you didn't buy a new deer stand to go. You didn't get to start. I didn't. Buy, I didn't get a new deer stand. I, 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 that's one ba- thing. Don't I did. be bashful now. Just tell me about that's it. That's one thing I did was really practice out of my saddle. Um, I shot a lot out of the saddle. I practiced hanging it um, and just trying to get comfortable with it. What was your expectations, though, before we ever left? Uh, I was expecting to shoot something or, or not or just see more deer is what I was really expecting was just to see more deer. Was the place that you guys stayed in the, in the, in the place that you hunted, was it everything you had imagined? Oh, it yeah, would be? 100%. Was it, was you kind of, and I know you've been out of state hunting before. Um, and I don't know if you've been to the Midwest or not hunting. I haven't. But did you, was it was your thought process completely different when you got there and seen the woods or seen the big fields and like I just got this small finger I don't know what you're hunting I don't know if you're hunting hardwoods or fingers of woods so was your mindset completely different going into this Yeah I was mostly hunting uh, fingers of woods and hardwoods I didn't really sit up on any field edges because Alex and Cody had already told me if you want to see big deer don't waste your time hunting in the fields Yeah you know find the thickest nastiest stuff you can find and so that's pretty much what I set up in and tried to hunt. So when you was going into these places, you were probably trying to look for sign. I'm, I'm sure trails and stuff yeah. like that. Like, but most, of, I would say most of the scrapes were probably filling up with leaves by then. Or, yeah, I don't think I seen. We didn't see any scrapes. We seen a lot of rubs though on one piece of property. Me and Josh checked out. We seen a lot of rubs. And <clears throat> I, I'm sorry, I'm asking all these, but did you guys e scout before you went there? Or did you kind of already have an idea? Yeah, me. Yeah, me and him did. We were kind of sharing back and forth some places we wanted to go check out um, on Onyx and Hunt Stand. Or was the pressure bad on these places? Uh, one place I went, yeah, I seen. Um, I had a guy almost walk in on me, which he was nice. You know, I whistled at him and waved. He turned around, and walked out. Um, but the other places I hunted, no, I didn't really see anybody. Okay, so some of these public grounds, I've never hunted there, so this could be a question for all you guys that hunted public. Is a lot of these access come from different directions, or is it usually one access only? Some, some of the, some of the parcels of land have multiple accesses um a lot of them have just one singular access and some of them don't have a designated access like a, a designated pull off or something like that it's just the side of the road but i would say the the bigger tracks anything over a couple hundred acres has like one on the north one on the south or right. east and west or yeah. something like so you kind of got to use that like if if you go in and hang a stand 
somebody walks in on you got to kind of figure out their direction because you don't want to be like well did you not see my truck when yeah they come from and somewhere? that's kind of what hurt me is i didn't have a vehicle so mm. everywhere i was hunting i just got dropped off so nobody really knew there was anybody in there you didn't put those cat eyes everywhere no i should have <laughs> <laughs> uh, red you got to take those up in illinois don't you I don't know. I've never know. never put them out. I always followed the trails that were yeah. already there. <laughs> yeah, and I guess now nowadays technology so far with these hunting apps that you don't have to use ribbon or cat eyes as much anymore. So, well, I love them bright eyes. Though. Do you like them? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you've got a place that you can get in and out of, and you know a trail going in, we'd always do. Dad always called them cat faces, where you took a pine and kind of skin a, a little you know place on it with a machete and yeah. you could shine your light yeah. on it coming yeah. in and out, but. I tell you, bright eyes, them's my favorite. I mean, and I don't like to necessarily just use the white ones. I like to put a colored one. They've got multicolored ones now. You can see the light hits it. It shines red or if it shines orange, whatever. But, yeah, you go you go to some of these public grounds around here and you shine it in the dark. You think there's <laughs> demons out there after you say yeah, things is coming to right. get you. Because there's so many out there and people's like, and I, I have messed up and done that one time in my hunting career. I went into a spot flagged it all the way in flagged it all the way back out when i got there the next morning it looked like a thousand cats in the woods they was bright eyes everywhere i didn't know which trail to follow mm-hmm. but was able to kind of you know i know i need to go this way and but you you take a, a fellow that don't know what he's looking at in the woods and dump him out in a place so you get lost quick following them things but there's a guy that shotgun hunts on that piece of property we hunt in illinois and and i i, I think he's an older gentleman but he's got a ladder stand up on this hill and dude, he has got it marked with that like two inch wide, like tape that you like. Oh, it, it looks like the stuff the that they use on the tape. side of the road. Yeah, and he's got it every five foot. I mean, you you put a lot on it. It's like a runway up. <laughs> when I was a kid, so Uncle Wibber worked for the state, and he would get those scrap pieces of tape, and we would take and put them on the limbs and stuff like that, all the way up through the woods, and you could really see it well. Yeah, you know, my dad used to say this back when he was he was hunting. I've heard him say. Like he'd take little pieces of ribbon like that when he was bow hunting before rangefinders. Oh yeah, yeah. And go out there and kind of mark places. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, I I tell you the the tape in the woods was I, I guess easier to find because you didn't have to hang a, a bright eye on one side of the tree and then on the other. Now you've got to, you know if you use bright eyes you got to put one on each side of the tree mm-hmm. to get in and out. You could hang that tape on a limb and go up through there. Well, wouldn't it be something walking in some of them woods back in the day with the flashlights they had? Mm. I, you think about that. We've got flashlights now that cost you six, eight bucks. I mean, they're LED and bright as could be. Well, back in, they had the biggest, brightest light was, you know, the little 12-volt light that had the big battery in it or whatever. And I don't know. That's pretty cool to think about. I hadn't thought about that before. <laughs> well, now a hunt stand, too, you can trace. That's right. You just click it. And yeah, it that was a huge help. Breadcrumbs. For sure. You know. So would you guys, was you guys hiking in a long ways each day? <laughs> uh yeah the one spot i had it was like 900 yards dang yeah that is a long ways yeah it was a it was a poke so you went straight in for saddle hunting or you went straight in for lock on hunting no i hunted out of my saddle all week okay yeah i never hung my lock on did you have, go ahead did you feel like that was an advantage to you oh, over yeah. a total oh, climber yeah. around 100 percent because it's so light you know you really don't even notice you're wearing it. Yeah. I mean, you go in with it. You don't even notice you've got it on. I mean, that's that's what I like about it. Oh, yeah. One thing, though, did you have to, and well, I, I know this don't apply to the, the, the temperatures we had there, but so you never had to wear it in and take it off and put on more clothes. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that one time, yeah. <laughs> the one time we had to put a shirt back on. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. 
he literally oh, sent man. a picture. He said, "You know it's hot when I ain't got a shirt on." It was hot. Those two. He was up there on the hot. side of fourteen with a sign that said, "Please help me" <laughs> with no shirt on. So you guys, you go up there, Tyler. You're in camp. You've never really deer. I guess you haven't deer hunted with none of them. You turkey hunted with turkey hunted with Watson. I I deer hunted with Alex one yeah, time earlier, earlier this, this year. year. Yeah. Earlier this year. So you go up there and the and the, the Killing starts early. That's right. And you're, I mean, you're probably fired. You're like, dude, this is going. Oh yeah. Down. Oh yeah. So, were you seeing deer right off the bat, or was it just like I was? But it was just mostly small bucks and does. But um, it was. But it was slow. But we knew, like us, we had been up there before. We knew that it was slow, slow, and just the reports on the group messages: no dead squirrels. Saw one doe, jumped one walking in, you know, that kind of thing. So Yeah. It, it was it was it was it was slow to start with. So yeah. <laughs> I, I stayed optimistic, but I didn't want to just ruin the like, <laughs> oh, this is bad, you know. This <laughs> <laughs> is bad. Nobody wanted to say it, but we were all thinking it. Yeah. Yeah, I was struggling. Do you think now, now what was camp like for you? I mean, what oh, was your was thoughts on that? It was a blast. I think that was one of the funnest camps that I've I've ever yeah. experienced mm-hmm. outside of my old group, you know, that we used to camp mm-hmm. with. I mean, for me it was one of the funnest ones. I mean, we we would sit in the garage and just that was you know, the funnest part. Just sit out there and shoot the breeze, I mean, and talk smack to one another or whatever. I mean, it was a ton of fun. Did you cook any? Dog. I didn't cook any. No, I did the dishes. And He's a good camp dog. Yeah, damn right. Clean up. Tyler Moore can go to camp with me anytime. <laughs> there wasn't a dirty dish left in the sink one. I'd get you finished cooking. You wash dishes every day? Pretty much. Pretty much, Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. I'm not calling anybody else out, but what was everybody else doing? <laughs> well, I cooked. Yeah. What, what was the other six guys doing? I don't know what everybody else was Just doing. Re- drinking. <laughs> yeah. Caden washed a few dishes. Yeah, he did. Swept the floor a few times. Mm. <laughs> What Cody do? Cody, I ain't heard Cody's name in none of this. What did Cody do? I was out there playing and calling couch in the yard, yeah. you know, just piddling. Holding an ass straight down? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, poor old farmer dang. up there when he goes to mow the grass, going to look like confetti going across through there, all them butts in the yard. Just, I'll be honest, we didn't. We never like sat You down. felt like you was a senior up there and he was a freshman? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Get her and wash him dishes. <laughs> No, it was um, it was one of those things. Really, like we all kind of filtered through eating and stuff and all that, and then you'd literally just you'd be like kind of throwing your plate away and stuff. Tyler Bilbert, you know, at the sink, just busy trying busy. to earn his keeps. That's, That's right. Yeah, I want to make sure I go back next year. I wasn't going to tell him to sit down. If anybody's looking for a good camp dog, we got one for you. Throw in the mix. We'll clean dishes for deer. <laughs> came down to to the slow part of the week Tyler and you you really stayed optimistic in in getting into hunt but you you had an opportunity that last evening didn't you on, I did. on, a, on a pretty good deer yeah. talk us through that yeah so I had got set up and I was running actually a little late because I had to go pull my set down luckily Alex was good enough to let me borrow his e-bike which was a huge help I will have an e-bike next year um we're gonna talk more on that in a bit yeah <laughs> but uh I got set up, and I was expecting the deer to come from out in front of me, so the wind was perfect. Well, hold on. 
Let's let's rewind. Let's talk about the tree. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about the tree. What yeah. what tree would you not get in? The tree Caden was in. The tree that Caden what in? That he killed his deer in. Oh goodness! Oh, Caden done showed up, showed out, and got in a tree yeah. that Tyler was scared. Nope. Nope. Why was why was you scared of that tree? That the sticks wouldn't stay on the tree. Sticks would. Yeah, did, because it had a huge vine running up it. What did Caden do? Jump in it? I don't know how he got up it. He climb up that vine? Yeah, I don't know how he got up. He's a little skinnier than I am, so it probably looks <laughs> bad. He's 16, too, so, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you remember how limber okay. we all were. Yeah, 16. I was like, no. So I climbed up because I actually pulled his set first because um, I used his sticks. And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so I pulled his stick, and I didn't move but about 20 yards uh, from where he was hunting. Okay. And set up in a different tree that didn't have a big vine running up it. <laughs> and, the, and apparently the wrong tree. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have made a huge difference because the way the wind was blowing in the direction the deer came from, um, because he actually came in behind me. I had a squirrel where this deer came from. I had just seen a squirrel, and I heard some noise. And I was like, dang, that's that freaking squirrel again. And I looked over, and the bush was kind of moving. I kept looking, and I seen white, and it was his horns. So I was like, oh, here we go. So I got the camera turned around, turned around in my saddle, and he. Well, I had one open. It would have been thirty yards. Would have been perfect. And he was walking through that brush, and he winded me. The wind was blowing the complete wrong direction for good, where he came from. Good deer. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a good deer. We think it was that big eight. We've posted pictures yeah. of on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That, that big tall. Yeah, he was a good, deer. real white horn. But he was a good deer. Dang. But. That's what we've talked about all along is opportunity. You know, you, you put yourself in a position and unfortunately it came down to the last evening for Tyler. And then the next morning, somebody had the bright idea to, <laughs> to go hunting again, didn't they? Uh, yeah, we did. So t- t- take us through your thoughts on that. That was fun. I was having a blast. We were freezing to death, but it what was, was fun. fun. You're going to have to tell hunting us a little hunting bit in about the snow. We got the, me and old Watson. Yeah, we, we so so how that came about, I wasn't going to hunt. I was cashed out. I was done. And we standing around skinning deer out. And Brock's like, you need to go. You need to go. And then Chad's like, yeah, you need to go. You need to go. Everybody's done killed deer, of course. Yeah. You need to go. You need to go. Then I was, yeah. I was, hey, you, I'll drop you off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how that came apart. But it was going to be the coldest day. And there was a, a chance of snow yeah. that morning, which... And you'd just seen a magnum yes, in the and, area. Yeah, so so we went in and, um, yeah, froze froze to death that last day. But sure. it was a blast. Yeah, it was. It was I fun. Yeah. And, we, and we had some deer. Real quick, because I went back up to Cody's deer story, but yeah. did that deer come in behind you, you said, Tyler? It did, yeah. Why is that? These deer always come in behind. Yeah, because <laughs> I, was, I knew where Caden... Caden's deer came from, yeah, and I was expecting him to come from the same direction, yeah, and he didn't. That's the way it goes, ain't it? Never Every come out where you th- so. where you think they're going to, yeah. Well, you you know you were kind of on the same page as I was the first year that I went to Illinois. You bounced around a lot. I did. You know, yeah, you, you saw some deer. Didn't see anything major, but um, would you go back? Oh, 100 percent. What makes you want to go back? Just knowing that any moment you could kill your biggest deer. Yeah. What's the biggest thing you probably learn from being there uh one thing is definitely hunt the wind up there 100 percent. yeah and you don't have to be high i mean i wasn't 10 feet yeah and that deer never looked at me but he i seen him throw his nose up in the air i was like oh he's gone he run oh yeah he didn't run far though i don't think but it was so thick i just couldn't see where he went yeah. and i I grunted and tried to get him back but he wasn't coming up back at that time. yeah yeah is there any any way that you're going to look at the uh, terrain or 
topography any different going up there next time for a new place to hunt? Yeah, I think next time I'll try to find more like fingers of woods um, and try to hunt that more. Like a pinch point stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where you're hunting at Cajuns. It, it kind of yeah. comes to a pinch. It, yeah. And that just natural funnels. Yeah, that dried up creek bed. That, that creek bed was tore up with deer tracks. So. Well, let's get into the <laughs> big hammer over, big spot and stalker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who? <laughs> Cody. Oh, now God. you guys did have two other guys in camp that were they're not going to be on the show that did have an opportunity at deer. Josh uh, Townsend uh, went back to the spot where he killed his deer last year. Caden um, and I hung a camera in there for him when we went up Labor Day. Um, they had mowed the field that was where he was at close by, so it kind of it kind of changed the way the deer moved there. I think a little bit. But pressure that that area got a lot of pressure on it this year. There was a lot of people moving in it, but um, yeah, he had an opportunity at a a big buck. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know that it was one he had on camera, but it was a a really good buck. Um, and just just didn't get the shot done. Um, he he was pretty upset about it too when he yeah. did. And and it was one of those situations where he hadn't seen very many deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very few but he had an opportunity at the deer. Mm-hmm. And we talk about preparing for that situation. You're not looking to see a lot of deer. You're looking to see the deer. That's right. right. And he definitely got in on that opportunity. Um, and, and, and I don't think he was upset to the point where he was, you know, uh, you know, worried about not going back or something. But I think he's kind of he's kind of done with the whole public land thing. He wants to start looking for, for him a little bit more permanent place. But – Josh, if you listen to this, you got to get your ass up there more than three days next year. Showed up in the camp on Monday, honey, Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> yeah. and left Thursday. So, which he works and he works for himself. So it's kind of hard that's, for That's him pretty to get good, though, to uh, have an opportunity in that short amount of time on oh, yeah. public ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Did he run into yeah. a lot of people where he hunted? He did. He saw several, several people. Had a guy walk in on him grunting. He said he thinks that guy saw the buck that he actually missed and was walking down the creek grunting at him. Like, bat, 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 trying to get him to come back. But he saw him, and then he talked to several people. But, I mean, Josh's the deer hunter. He's old school. Yeah. He knows. I mean, he can hunt. And that was a spot he went and found last year. We were on his last evening hunt, and I said, "Where do you want to go?" He's like, "I don't know." I just he was pretty frustrated. He hadn't seen any deer, and, and Bill had actually, which you've heard us talk about Bill in the past. Bill had actually told us about this spot, and I was like, "Well, Bill said this is a really good area. Won't you go in there?" And he went mm-hmm. in there last year and missed a buck, and then killed one. So mm-hmm. it was a good area, and we knew there were deer that traveled that creek, but you're not going to see a lot of deer in that spot. So it was uh, it was a good opportunity for him. Um, same thing for Josh Underwood. I mean, he had a great, he had a great hunt. Uh, I think he was along a lot of lines of Tyler. They they did a lot of scouting, a lot of new learning experience for him in the Midwest. But one thing Josh did was go out and he got on his computer one night and he's like, "I'm gonna find somewhere." He yeah. said, "I'm gonna find," and he found a track that we had never even been to. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very small little place. Went in there and and he actually talked to a guy at the the parking spot. He was getting his stuff ready and the guy pulled in and he was like, "Oh great, you know somebody's already in here." And um, the guy pulled in and he was like, "Which way are you going?" He's like, "I'm going this way." And he's like, "All right, well, I'm going the other way anyway. I got to stand down here." So really nice. I mean, and that's the thing about it. Yeah, I don't I don't think you ever have a bad run in. I mean, we've had some bad run ins in the past with folks, but not very often. It's usually a pretty cordial meeting. You know, people Mm want to see you be successful or whatever. And, 
but he uh, he actually shot one the last day. And I, I wish Josh would have been here, and, I, and it's my fault when you hear this, Underwood. I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't call you about coming up here. I just completely forgot. But he uh, he had came back to camp the the morning of Friday, uh, and he had shot a deer or shot at a deer. And said he completely missed. And he told us a story about how it happened. And he said, you know, the deer just ran over there after he shot and he didn't, you know, it didn't act hurt or anything and it walked off. And the more he told the story, I said, man, I don't think you missed that deer. I don't, I, I just don't think in my mind that you, the way you're telling me, it doesn't sound like a miss because he never found his bolt and he was shooting a crossbow and he got to talking about what kind of broadhead he was using. And I'm not going to say the name of the broadhead he was using. It wasn't a Grim Reaper. But he uh, he had shot this deer, and the the way that he described it acting, it sounded like a deer that Derek had shot earlier this year. It just blowed through it with such power and force. The deer never knew what happened. He said it acted like it hit nowhere. Of course, those bolts are moving so fast, you can't find them when they go out through the woods. But the more he described it, I said, I think you ought to go back over there and look for some blood and see if you can't find something. Well, this had been probably five, six hours since he had yeah. shot. So he goes back to the stand and he called me, I don't know, maybe within an hour of getting back over there where he was at. And he said, I found blood. And I said, okay, you know what? He said, I found my bolt and he sent it to me. And it was, it was, it didn't look great. And I was optimistic that maybe he had gotten something passing through, but it was kind of a, a gel blood on there, kind of meaty looking but he had good blood on the ground. And I said, don't move. Don't go tracking this deer. Let me come to you. So I'm at camp trying to pack up everything, get stuff loaded or whatever. Everyone else is hunting. I blast out and go to where he's at. Get there. We walk in. We find blood. And we trailed blood for probably 50, 60 yards. And we get to a creek and find one big spot of blood. And it didn't look good. It looked very fleshy. Didn't look like a a, a mortal wound. And when I saw what that deer went up after it left that spot, there was no doubt in my mind that we weren't going to find that deer. It was a 12-foot sheer bank on the side of this creek, and there was no blood going up the bank whatsoever. We found one little speck, and on the other side of the bank, we found one little speck. So never – but that goes back to something we've we've never really talked about, but something I've often thought about with these crossbows. They're They're a powerful tool. And no doubt about it, if you catch them in the right place, you're going to smoke them. You know, if you knock the running gear out, you can blow right through it, no problem. But if you're going to use a crossbow, I suggest going to a big cut, big expandable head. Shoot something that will blow through there and leave a big mark. Not a two-blade head like Josh was using. Use something three-bladed, even if it's a fixed blade. Go up to 125-grain head. It's got the power to do it. You don't need, I mean, you've got the kinetic energy behind that bow, so find you a head that is big and it's going to leave a big hole because you can you can shoot whatever you want. I mean, you shoot 150 grain Magnus if you want to, but those three blade uh, um, Grim Reaper 125 grains that I shot out of mine they were they were a great head that when I had that Raven. So um, just think about that because that's two deer this year with a two blade head that I've seen lost that that they just go through them and they don't do any. I mean, they do damage. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't think they can fully expand when they're going through. I think they get to the edge of it and they don't get all the way open before they go through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they are flying through there, and I, and I don't know that they, like you said, I don't know that the deer don't know that they are hit. That deer, I mean, he I mean, said, that never acted the vitals, like it. but um, well, if you make a uh, let's just say a, a 
uh, a low brisket shot, you know, or you clip it. And, and I honestly think that's what happened because there was white hair on the arrow as well. When he showed me the arrow, it had white hair on it and it was meaty kind of blood, like a brisket or a, a low belly shot. And judging by the blood that we were finding, it wasn't a, it wasn't that vibrant, you know, like a organ blood. It was really dark kind of not liver, but more of a, a flesh wound kind of blood. And where we found the spot, we never found any bubbles or anything in the blood. So, mm-hmm. but, and then while we're there, we get a call from Shad that he's killed one. So <laughs> he's killed one and there's some more action going on that afternoon. Yeah. And yeah. I, and again, back up as far as you want to, cause well, I, I won't go through the entire week cause it was, it was for the most part, pretty slow. Like we had mentioned, I had seen some deer, early on in the week and I, I had a cameraman pretty much every day that I went because uh Caden and Alex had already tagged out and so Caden was with me um a couple days and then Alex went with me. Tyler went with me. I forgot me. about that afternoon. Yeah Tyler actually yeah, I forgot about that afternoon. Tyler actually didn't hunt one afternoon. He's like, I'm on I was like, you can go with me. I was like, bring your bow though, because I should have pinched because <laughs> I, I, I said, if a buck comes in that, you know, maybe I don't want to shoot you, you know, if you want to shoot it, you can. And we had an opportunity yeah. on a, an old deer that day. He had, I don't know if he had broke his right side off or if it was just had grown that way, but old mature deer. And we were inches away. I was from, close. I had already put my bow up and I was like, get ready, get ready. And it come in to probably eight yards. Yeah. And, um, Tyler just decided, no, I don't want to shoot that deer, you know. And we got back to camp, and everybody's like, you should have shot <laughs> yeah. that deer. You should have shot that deer. And so, we was driving home, and Tyler was like, I should have shot yeah. that deer. I should have <laughs> shot that deer. So I had that opportunity, and then um, I, I didn't bounce around a whole lot. Um, I personally don't like doing that. Um, I hunted one spot with, with no success for maybe two sets, and then I ended up uh, – the spot that I missed the big buck last year – um well hold on rewind because we the spot we were set up on we had an opportunity at a deer that well, we didn't see come in before you moved to where well you no were. i'm just saying the spot that the spot that i hunted last year um they had there was some work being done there so mm-hmm. i i just and by work i mean they had some excavators in there clearing some trees but you stuff. still had all right to hunt that place i still had right to hunt that place but i had other places that i could hunt so I ended up hunting this um this other spot um just south of there that I had never hunted before. It's on the same piece of ground, but um the owner of the property always says that he sees giants over there. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we Alex and I go in there, we take the e box and um it's a long way. I mean it's a, it's about a thousand yards across this cornfield and so we what a game changer those oh bikes my are. god I, halfway across the first day i was like yep i'll have one of these <laughs> yeah because i was borrowing brock's um uh, rambo that he has so um anyways we go in there we get set up on a uh, shag heart shag bark hickory tree right on the edge of this um it's a hardwood kind of finger of woods but it drops down to a levee and on the cross on the other side of that levee and creek is a big crp field and um probably 200 acres yeah yeah and then just kind of like a that one crp the other one's kind of like a wheat field kind of um but they just cut they were just cutting some corn uh north of there so we knew that there would be deer traveling to that corn in the afternoons uh, to feed so we we sat up there and had a close encounter with some does and you know just a few deer saw one buck way off yep 
And then I, I believe it was the next morning mm-hmm. we got in there and we were just talking. Hadn't really seen any deer, I don't believe. And then, you know, when you hunt with somebody, you always like to see the person beside you, eyes, big buck, big buck, big buck, you know, like that. So that happened. Alex saw a deer crossing that levee and come across that creek. And where it crossed was about 80 to 90 yards down from us. And it was just a big, tall, big, Ten, I think it's a ten. We got video of it, but Eight, we haven't. Ten. Really looked. I mean, he's he was a he was a hammer. Yeah, it was a, it was a big it was a def, definite shooter when you definitely pick your bow up as soon as you see it. And when he crossed the levee, um, got in the woods as soon as he crossed, the, I grunted at him, and he threw his head up, looked, and he started angling towards us. So I'm getting ready, you know, and Alex is filming and so forth, and. He got up above us, and I don't think he nested, I don't think he caught our wind. The wind was kind of pushing that way, but not directly where he stopped up in the woods. I think he just got there, and the the timber was so open he could see all the way back down to that levee, and he didn't see what was making that noise. And as mature bucks do, if they don't see it, they're not going to continue, you know. So he just held up, and I think there was one point out. It's like, can you shoot him right there? And and it's hard to tell sometimes how far things are. And I was like. He's 71 yards, you know, and I it, thought it was a lot closer than that. I thought it was like 50. I was yeah. like, send it, you know, got a good opening, send it. Cause and I it, know he can make the shot. And it wasn't like he was in wide open. I mean, there was a bunch of fingers of trees and limbs and stuff. So we watched that deer just fade off. He just walked over the the, the hill. And I think I may have threw a grunt at him as he walked away or something. No, I don't think you, I mean, I think you just kept quiet. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I didn't, I didn't break out the horns on that. So, but after that, really, um, I continued. So what, we talk about this all the time. You know, you see bucks or see deer traveling, and there this this ditch that we're hunting was probably ten to twelve foot deep, and as far as the ditch goes, and then the water it was the only moving water really we had seen all week, and in some places that creek was probably four to five foot deep. But every now and then there would be a couple of islands come together, and we knew that they were crossing at some point right there. So when we saw him cross, we after that morning, we pulled the set and got closer down to that crossing point. Once we got on down there, we saw that it was a major, you know, highway of crossing. So we went in there with the thought, though, we didn't want to push too far in because of how thick it was, and we didn't want to blow it out. I mean, we had the wind in our favor, and hindsight, I should have just let Cody go be blunder ass and go on in down through there, and, and we would have been right on top of it because he literally, the tree, the deer walked underneath, he said, we were to go to that tree right there, and I'm like, we had to cross a lot of brush yeah. and stuff to get there, and I'm like, I don't want to go down in there, and so, you know, blame it on me that we didn't go in yeah. there and kill that. Yeah. Now the truth comes out, <laughs> gar, gar hole, man. Yeah, yeah, just done him like yeah, that. Yeah, just done him like that. But so um, no, so we moved down there, and I I decided um, really at that point, um, and and a little backstory to that area, not to go too much in detail. Um, one of my one of my buddies is actually my relative hunts up there and in that area he had called me the night before and said I, I seen him he, I saw the deer he's a giant he's he's got to be close to two hundred like he's a giant so I told Alex I said I know there's big deer in the area I know that I may not get a chance with, on that one because Alex and Caden actually saw that deer from the hard road with a doe and Alex said from you know, 400 yards away, you could, he's a magnum, you know, and right, right. <laughs> just, you know, so 
I knew I was in the right area for some good deer. I knew I probably wouldn't have an opportunity with that deer because he was locked down. But so I decided to stay there for the rest of the week, and I hunted hunted every day. Like I said, Tyler went back with me one day. Um, Caden went back with me another day, I think, and then you went back with me that the final day, I think it was, and it was the. I think it was the second to last day that I hunted that spot. Caden was filming me and we had seen just a few deer. I mean, three deer, maybe that day. And Caden looks up and out in that CRP and he says, shooter. Well, Caden's idea of a shooter in mine might be a little different. So I throw the old knocks up and I wasn't sure he was coming towards us, but he was in that CRP and I just see his horns and then not. And then, and as he got closer, I was like, yeah, I was like, that's pretty good deer, you know? And I was kind of fighting with myself. Like, do I want to shoot this deer? I still, I'd never picked my bow up and he's coming straight towards the levee. So I'm not, you know, calling or doing anything. And he gets about 30 yards off that levee and he starts just paralleling us. And, he actually gets by us, and I'm still looking at him, just trying to make him bigger or try to figure out, you know, for sure. And he actually got by us about 40 yards, and I'm kind of like Alex. Like, if they're coming, I'm like, whatever, you know. But when they start going away, I'm like, oh, no, I think I want to shoot that deer now. You know, like I get a little <laughs> squirrely about it. So he got out there about 80, 90 yards from me, and I grunted, you know, back away from him. He stopped and was looking that way. And I waited about 30, 40 seconds, and he turned his head back, and I just reached behind me and hit the bleak can twice, and he just made a circle, you know, 180, and he just came. And that levee, it's kind of hard to explain, but if deer were right across that creek on the other side of the levee, you could not see them. So when he got behind that levee, he disappeared. And Caden's filming, and I've got my bow, and we're trying to look, trying to look, and then the next thing all I see is rack coming up over that levee straight to us. And I had ranged that entire area a thousand times. And, uh, you know, I bought a new range finder this year because of the mishap last year, misranging that deer. And, you know, I wanted to be certain. And he got on that levee and he was like 34 yards. And he actually started coming down the levee. He was broadside, but he was kind of just easily working down that levee on down in it. And he got an opening. He was 30 yards. And we've talked about this before. He was walking down through there with his head down, but his front legs were lower than his back legs because he was kind of working down that levee. And I, he was walking real slow, and I could have just shot him, but I wanted to stop him. I wanted him to raise his head so that his head was up and I'd have that better shot. So he – and by the way, these are not excuses. This is just what happened. He, um, when I gave him the old mat, <laughs> I gave him the old mat, and he did not raise his head. He was broadside to me. His right shoulder was back. Like the worst case, I could see that knuckle poking out. His head was down, and he was like everybody, every muscle in his body was tense. He didn't hurt that. Yeah, he didn't. Or it was something. His first time. Or he was in that levee, and he knew that like this is a place like I don't have an easy escape, you know, like he was on pins and needles and I should have just held low, like normal. And, but I, that shoulder in my mind, I was thinking, man, I don't want to hit that knuckle. I don't want to hit low. I don't want to put it in that pocket. So I held mid body 
30. And and to be honest, my shot was probably a little high anyways, looking back. But I've watched that video now probably, I don't know, 10 times. And that deer with his head down and his legs lower than his back legs, he just was fully loaded. And when he ducked, I mean, it, he was pretty much laying down. And, you know, at 30 yards, mm-hmm. you know, the bow's shooting pretty fast, but it just sailed right over his back. Dang. And I mean, just by, you know, a couple inches looking like, but he, you know, meandered off and I was kind of beating myself up, but I wasn't too mad. I don't get like crazy pissed pissed off or whatever. I might have beat the horns a little bit after that. <laughs> might have broken a tip off might one of them tip off horns. horns. <laughs> but I was just, I was frustrated because I missed and I knew in my mind what I had done. And I'm a confident bow shot, like, out, you know, everywhere. So I, I was like, and what the hell's going on, you know? So, you know, that rocked and rolled around. That was over with. That deer left, and I, I never had another opportunity out of that stand. And I ended up – I had, I talked about the previous year where I had, I had missed that, that giant because of the misranging issue. And I had talked to Brock, and, you know, Brock lives up there, so anybody that lives in an area you're hunting – and they have their entire life, you tend to try to listen to what they have to say. And he had said, I wouldn't give up on the spot that you hunted last year just because those excavators are in there. He said, those deer are traveling through that particular block of woods for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I decided, okay, you know, last day I'll go over there and hunt and just give it, you know, I'm not seeing the deer here. We actually talked about it that morning right. when we were in the stand. Yeah. That I, I was like, what do you think? Because you were like, what do you think? You know, did I mm-hmm. stay here? And, well, Brock, and I remember saying it. I was like, well, Brock said not to give up on that spot. Yep. And I thought, you know, hell far, there ain't no way there's going to be any deer in there. And, well, there was. <laughs> well, so <clears throat> what was funny is I drove by that spot every day going to where I hunted. And those excavators sat there every day. They didn't touch them all week. And I was like, well, they're just not working this week. You know, I've shot myself in the foot, you know. So we go over there, and Caden and I go in there that afternoon, and we get in there pretty early and hang a set, and wouldn't you know it, we're there 30 minutes. Well, who shows up? The people to work on the excavators. Hadn't been there all week. And I'm saying they're probably 65, 70 yards from us. I mean, not far, because the half the half that block is not our, you know, is not where I can hunt. And uh, what had happened is one of the tracks had come off the one of the – the loaders and they were in there fixing it beating banging cussing hollering i mean just whatever and i just try to pay them no mind so we're sitting there and they end up finally leaving after a couple hours of working and um we're sitting there and, and to paint the picture I'm, I'm in a block of timber it's not very wide i've only got about 100 yards wide of woods that i'm hunting in to the north of me is like a wheat field and to the northwest is a block of timber, and then sh- sh- straight uh, west is a cut bean field. So that bean field to my left, to the west, is is probably about five to six hundred yards across before the wood line, and then it's just a just a wood line over there. And I just happened one time to look back over across that bean field, and I told Caden, I said, "Holy God!" And he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Shooter." And but it's all the way on the west side of that bean field, and it's right on the edge of the the woods. Well, all I saw was that buck, and he just appeared out of nowhere. 
and he was by himself. So what do I do? I'm going to grab my horns. Sure. You know? Yeah, beat them. Beat them, son. And let me tell you, as loud as I could, just the wind was blowing like 15 miles an hour. I Never paid no attention, did he? I want to get his attention. Well, I don't even know if he ever heard me because the wind was howling so bad. Mm-hmm. And after about, you know, 10, 15 seconds of beating on the horns, I saw he pushed in a brush pile right there and a doe popped out. Well, I just hung the horns up. I was like, well, he couldn't care. He don't care about nothing over here. Yeah. He thought them guys were over beating on them tracks. Now they're over fighting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. They just stirred up a couple of bugs. Yeah. So, so this time I, I think I take a picture of my phone. I zoom in as far as I can and just zoomed in across that field. You could tell he was a you know a giant. And I think I sent it to Alex. Yeah. And uh, me and Caden were talking, and I was just like, we weren't seeing any deer around us. And Alex said, "What well, do you think you can make a move on him?" And I was like. I don't, you know, I don't know. I've, you know, I've never done that. I've never got down and forcefully tried to go stalk a deer. But I checked the wind, and the wind was blowing out of the northwest. It was like a, it was a northwest wind, so it was kind of blowing back back towards me from the deer. And I was like, if that wind stays true, I might be able to get close. Because what would happen is that buck they were they were walking down that field edge. And they were eating pin oaks on the side of that that uh, that field because they, they weren't eating beans or anything on that field. And every now and then he would we got our own we got him on video breeding her, and then they would bed down in the edge of that field, and then stand back up, walk twenty yards, bed down. She would get up, move around. If she got up, he'd get up, and then they'd lay back down. So I told Kate and I said, "Stay here. I'm gonna I'm gonna just try." You know, never, you know, it's the last evening we're here. I'm going to try. So I get down and I get down and I go to the north side of that field and I just start making my way. And luckily that field had enough roll in it to where I was hidden for about 60% of the walk. So I just got on the field edge and started walking around through there. When I got around there to the field edge, I couldn't see him down the field edge. I would peek out and then I knew he was still there, but I, I couldn't see him. So I just started easing down through there. And this walk took me probably, it was probably an hour or an hour and a half, something like that. It was 600. It ended up being, I mapped it out the other day. It was like 680 yards that I walked to get behind this deer. And I'm walking towards the deer and the wind's blowing now from my right to left. And he is laying in the field with his back to the wind and he's watching that field. So he's got his back almost straight to me, you know, and he's just doing what big bucks do. He's got the wind to his back, and he's watching. So I'm just easing down through there, and every time the wind would stop, I would stop because there was leaves all on the edge of that field. And then when the wind would pick up, I'd take a few steps, and i tried to keep a tree between me and him. And at one, one point, I was about 170 yards away. It was the first time I actually saw him. I leaned out just far enough, and I saw tines sticking out. So I knew an area where he was at. So I just started easing down through there. And like I said, I was playing with the wind. And I finally got to a spot, and I was behind a tree. It was an oak tree. And I leaned out, and I was about 80 yards from him. But it was the last bit of cover that I had between him and I. So I actually went around the right side of the tree and just tried to stay as close 
to the there was a fence there and i just tried to i was literally leaning over the fence walking down through there just trying to put my body in the woods as much as i could and i finally got to a spot where i just ran out of anything to cut anything anything to to cover and i got down on my knees and just kind of scooted out just far enough where i could see him laying in the edge of that field and i ranged him probably 647 times and he was 70.1 yards and i was like i've came this far i'm you know i i practice at 70 yards i'm i'm gonna take this shot and he where the way he was laying he was laying broadside to me and he was just looking away and i know anybody that's been bow hunting or deer hunting long enough has had this happen everything's going right i'd ranged him for the last i really didn't range him that many times i probably ranged him five six times i didn't i wanted to make sure i wasn't catching a limb or the ground or something and i reached down and i'm up on kind of one knee because i was going to shoot him like that you know down on one knee and I reach down and I roll my dial. And as I'm rolling my dial, my head down, I feel the wind hit me on the back of the neck. And I was like, no, 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 no. Just like in my mind, just like, please, no, 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 no. And I mean, it wasn't six seconds. He turned his head and he never saw me, but he smelt something for just a second. And I was like thinking, and my hand's still up here on my dial and I don't want to move. And I'm like, just turn your head for just a second. Let me get clipped in. I'm going to shoot, you know. And as soon as he turned his head, I reached back and clipped in. Well, he stood up. Well, when he stood up, I stood up and come to full draw. Well, as soon as I come to full draw, he Boom. lashed. Just went down. He went out and stood at about 100 yards of that doe, just looking back up through there. And I had kind of tucked back into the wood line and, and then, off in the sunset he was probably and we've got video and caden videoed all of it from the stand he would video me and you could see me getting closer and the deer would i'd gain 10 yards and he'd gain 20 and then he'd lay back down so it was kind of a and caden's trying to narrate it and show but he was a he was a big deer i mean he was he was probably in that 50 class i'd say high 40s 50 class i mean just a he was a, could potentially be the deer that you missed last yeah, year could have been I mean, same area. I mean, within 500 yards across an open field to where I shot mm-hmm. that deer last year. And I'm sure it crossed your mind after all this went down, but did you ever once think that I'll just sit right here until it starts getting darker and see if he comes back the way he went? Well, I actually did think about that, but I don't think that they were they were laying on that wood line and to the west – just on the other side of that wood line was a cut cornfield. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost positive that's where they were going to be going. Yeah. What if, what if, and, and I'm just, I'm just throwing out scenarios. I'm sure you've thought about all this stuff, but I wonder if you would have done the same thing you did and hung back at that 180 yard mark where you first saw him and, and almost done it like a deer drive and had Caden come in from the other way. You well, think he would have come down through there? You think he would just barrel ass across that field? I think he would have been a running thing, and he probably would have never. Yeah, you know, because I there's a thousand things you oh, can do yeah, after the no, fact. Yeah, you know, after but, the fact, and and to be honest, would you do anything different now? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When I got to that seventy yard mark, I would have ranged him once and went ahead and shot. Yeah. I would, do you I, think you would have not stood up though? Just stayed down on your knees. Um. Yeah. Because if thought, he, if you, it sounds like if you would have stayed down, he might not have seen you. Well, no, he didn't. When as soon as he stood up, he never looked back at me. When mm-hmm. I when he stood up, I stood up, and his head was mm-hmm. looking away from me. And he 
he was running. I mean, mm. so that was I was on one knee and I was kind of up, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I felt I would have been comfortable shooting like that. I but I was I took my time so long to get there. Do you think you should? Do you think if you'd have sped up a little bit that it might have helped? I mean, I know that yeah, thought no. went into my head every time. Like, why didn't you? Why didn't you move a little faster? Of course, I'm now looking like, back on it. It's like easy stood to on say. the back of that Rambo. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> wheelie across through there. Well, I think so. You didn't even have the bike then. <laughs> my my whole thing going into it, I I never thought it would work or I'd even get sure. close. Anyways, so I'd spent that much time that when I got to the point where I wanted to shoot him. He hadn't winded me. And it was still early. I mean, this yeah, is still, no, it's I, like four o'clock. We're an hour, hour and 15 minutes from dark. So, so he's I not. know I've got plenty of time. So when I get to that 70 yard mark, I know for a fact I can't get any closer. Mm-hmm. They're already walking. Every time they get up, they're walking away from me with the wind at their back. Mm-hmm. So I know he's not going to turn around and come back. There's a reason he, they keep going that way as, as it gets closer to dark. So. The only thing I could have done different, and I was I was going to shoot him bedded down because, like I said, he was completely broadside to me. I mean, I could see his whole body. Um, the only thing that I would have done different is as soon as I ranged him, just went ahead and rolled it, clipped in, and, and shot. But I was wanting to be patient and take my time and make sure everything was good. And, you know, I, I wasn't even – I mean, when he ran off, I just looked over at Caden and threw my hands up like, well, was, well, you actually said you text me. You're like, "Come get me," and I'm like, "Dude, I'm up here in the middle of nowhere trying to trek a deer." And you went back to the stand. Yeah. So, so that, so after that, I'm beat. I'm tired. I'm hot. You know, the, the clothes I'm wearing. I'm not supposed to be walking in like it's. You know, I'm I'm hot. And walking back across through there, I lose my beanie in the field. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm defeated. And He's I, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> He's walking across through there, done lit one. So I I get probably. 40 yards from Caden and I'm like start pulling that set start pulling that set and it's like we've got probably 45 minutes hour left of dark and he's like get in the stand buck chasing buck chasing and I was like my God, I'm like, son of a so I go climbing oh you know go up there and as I'm pulling my bow up there's an eight pointer chasing I mean a, a good buck not a giant but a good buck chasing a doe like towards us and I'm pulling my bow up you know but they cut into the woods and um, we never saw, we saw some, uh, we saw some does right at dark actually come out into that field where I was walking previously. But, um, that leads into the last day, uh, Tyler and I went back over there the next morning and hunted, you know, and that's when everybody was like, man, but you'd I, already pulled the set out. No, I didn't. Well, yes, I did yeah. pull the set out. I pulled the set out. Oh yeah. It was done. They was, <laughs> it was finito. Well, I mean, we, well, we were planning on leaving yeah, yeah, Saturday yeah. morning. Yeah, so, so you had to go over there and hang it in the snow. And, I had to hang it in the snow yeah. in coveralls. So, <laughs> cause it was cold as crap. And I got the saddle on. Well, there ain't no getting up in a saddle and then putting coveralls on or bibs on. <laughs> like you've got to go ahead and do that. <laughs> so I had to hang my sticks and everything with those cup, with those bibs on. And I was sweating to death. And I'll tell you what, I got about four foot lower, too, because I couldn't lift my <laughs> legs up any higher to climb the steps like in normal clothes. And we got in there that morning, and uh, it ended up snowing on yeah. us. It snowed probably an inch. I mean, it, No, it was like three inches. Well, it, was it was a yeah. pile of yeah, snow. Was, and, and, uh, but we, it was wet when I dropped y'all off, I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I drove just right up the road mm-hmm. and stopped. I was like, well, I'm just going to sit here because it ain't going to be long. They're going to be ready to get out. 
It was rainy, like wet snow. Oh, I it was thought, rough. I sat there. I actually went to sleep sitting in the parking lot at the the wind game blowing, and fish place. <laughs> wind blowing straight out of the north, and of course, I was looking north, and Tyler was looking south. So my face, when we got done, was burnt red. <laughs> and you and had you, you had, had snow nothing. in your. We had two. We had a spike and a spike and two or three does. Yeah, Y'all should have burned them. That was a spike <laughs> walking right underneath us. And <laughs> tried, laid them down. He's like, shoot! Took them back. Be like, Alex, help us skin this. Yeah. So we, um, but I told Tyler, I said, as soon as this snow stops, they'll start moving. And they did. And as soon yeah. as we got back to the road, when we was ready to leave, that snow stopped. And I, I said, look back over there at that field. Right where we're sitting, there's deer filtering out of that wood line. Boy, I hope you go back there next year. I'm going back to that. That, <laughs> that spot, not leave. leaving. I don't care if somebody's in. in a step size Z city one kicking donuts. I'd be sitting yeah. there. <laughs> we actually, uh, and you know, and to make matters not worse, but th- just the icing on the cake for the entire trip. We were walking out, and we were sweating because oh, yeah. I mean, we had so much clothes on and just. Everything and I'm we're dragging all of our stuff out and walking across that wet field and I see a game warden drive by <laughs> and I told I looked at Tyler I said no he's gonna come check us and sure enough he turned around and come over there and checked us and and I had on three layers of pants and of course my billfold was in the bottom <laughs> pants that I had on it looked like I was, lucky you had it at all yeah, yeah, knowing like you so reaching in my rip boom pull out M sixteen reaching down in my pants leg and everything but he was super nice and. Um, and checked us, and then yeah. yeah well, Tyler's billfold was that I know was at oh, the yeah, house. Had I had got his billfold, so he didn't even. Have yeah, a billfold. I left it at the house that morning. I was like, he's filming. Accident. I was like, he's filming. He's not hunting. He's like, oh, okay, you know. And so he was super cool about it. But no, it was a great trip. Really slow. I mean, the spot that I was hunting in a day's time, you know, I should have been seeing fifteen, twenty deer, mm-hmm. and that's the RP going to that corn. I was seeing five hundred acres. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what's crazy. And I, I see maybe four deer, you know, and it was just slow for us. The weather was hot. Two days before the snow, Tyler sent us a picture with his shirt off. I mean, it was just traps just glowing in the sun. I was getting my tan on. Yeah. So, Ginger Billy up there. <laughs> is that yeah. the slowest you think you've ever seen it? 100%. Yeah. And I think this is my seventh. Fifth. fifth. It's my fourth. It'd be your fifth. You didn't go with me the second year, did it? Yeah. I went the second yeah. year. So – yeah, in five five seasons, yeah, it's it's the slowest I've ever seen it mm-hmm. for that week mm-hmm. for sure. So other than that, great. He gonna camp. quit listening to me. <laughs> I'd hunt. We don't, but we'd had a camera hanging there since Labor Day in that spot and yeah. never got a picture of nothing. Yeah, that spot, that my spot, you know, where I or I don't know if it was just you know when camera you hang, don't tell it all. Well, when you hang, I, no, I'm, I agree. I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that. I mean, I'm just saying that it's it's. It's funny to look at now when we go back and we think about, well, maybe you should have been there earlier in the week. Well, I mean. Well, and the landowner sent us a picture from the combine, two giants in velvet, right there in the corner where my stand was at. And the owner, of the, the he he's like, you promise you ain't got no big deal? He thought I was holding out on him. I was like, dude, I swear. I was like, I haven't had a spike on camera. It was all does and what little does was showing up. I mean, coyotes. Yeah, that was it. Not a mm-hmm. single buck. So, but like I said, you put it on the wrong trail or maybe they're work, working the, the field edge or, you know, whatever. So, like mm-hmm. we said, cameras don't tell Mm-mm. everything. You'll know now. That's right. <laughs> all week, son. <laughs> It's a hot block of timber. Yes, it is. It probably won't be there when we get back. (laughs) The excavators get in there, it'll be leveled. (laughs) Get that ground game on. I know. 
That was that was fun though. I mean, I'd never. I was we thinking got, about Jared Mills the whole time I was doing it. What did you think about? Was you thinking about adding Shad Raven too? <laughs> yeah, that. Well, I did think about it a couple of times, but no, I thought. Well, I, like I said, I didn't think I was ever even going to have an opportunity. I, I was cheering him on. I was hearing it play by play for Caden. I was like, "Come on, what do you got it? I'll get it, get it, get it, get it." And I was, like, and then he texts me and he's like, "Come get me," and I'm like, "I can't come get you right now. I'm, I'm, you know, 45 minutes from you. It's not going to happen." Well, you know, that's one thing I've heard Jared say on on his shows before. Them big bucks is going to take them does to the place that you ain't never going to think that a deer will ever be. Well, he was 120 yards off the hard road. I told Brandon traffic flying by this wow. year. We was up in uh, we come by this little patch of wood. It comes up to a T in the road there, and there's a creek that goes underneath the street, and and there's just a little block of timber. I mean, you can from each side of the road you can see through it, and then the rest of the sides are fields. I said, "You reckon there's ever a deer in that little block of timber right there?" He's like, "I don't know." Next morning I come by there, and there's a pretty good size eight or ten pointer standing there with a doe next to it. Yeah, that that block of timber that I hunt. I mean, literally, you can with all the leaves off, you can see. I mean, from where I'm sitting, in the, I can see back to the highway, see cars going by, and I can see through it all the way. And that excavator now, if those, if that excavator situation's over with, if they're just clearing that little track, that finger comes up, and it's probably, you know, 150 yards wide, but where they've cleared it now, where I'm hunting, and that finger's only about 50, 60 yards wide, and they're going to travel, I think, through that timber versus through that clear cut mm-hmm. area and, so it kind of pinched it down even and you know more. you could probably go there you could probably go there all of october and probably december and you'd probably never see a deer there mm-hmm. but those deer just know that they can go there and travel that place and you'll yep. wear them out you should be able to wear them out there you, you just have to much keep moving on them yep so I mean, what they're doing yep it was a lot of fun for sure cool. drop a spin no. <laughs> <laughs> so wait for your own <laughs> it narrows it down, don't it? Highway 12, 64. Yeah. Dollar General. <laughs> There's a, a McLean Burrow. One funny thing about Mount that. Mount Vernon. <laughs> Alex, had, Alex had texted Caden while all that was going on. was like, do you think he can – what do you say? Can you think – I can? said, do you think he can do it? As in, like, does can you tell the scenario? And he's like, yeah, Dad can do it. <laughs> Real confident like, and I was like – well, I didn't want to mask it, stupid. I'm asking, can he get it done here? He had all the he confidence. He believed in me. He had the – well, I was. I, I I had a video. I was like, what is on the down crawler one? I'm going to help Watson – or uh, Underwood track one. Uh, Tyler's over in the middle of nowhere pulling sets, <laughs> riding bicycles around. But you made mention of the box, and the box oh, are yeah. a game changer in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I will have one. Get you a good rack to haul it back and forth with you. You'll be a nervous wreck calling it. But Well, the, and the spot I hunted all week where I used the bikes, the, the reason – there's several guys that can hunt that. but the And everybody said, we're not hunting that. It's too, not, we never hunted it because of that. Because it was it was a thousand-yard walk yeah. across an open field. I mean, you're talking one way. A thousand yards. So you're over a mile just getting to the woods. And that's why everybody's like, I'm not going back in there and hunt, you know? And oh, God, it was so pretty. One of the prettiest spots, mm-hmm. and you'll see it in the videos. I mean, and we actually got the deer. What was what was bad about this, and, and I kicked myself in the butt about this for not watching that direction more, but on my GoPro, I thought I had it on time lapse, and I had it on video, and it's videoing down the creek, and you can see the deer. We're sitting there just looking up this way. And or up to our left, and the deer's walking the levee. Now he's 150 yards, but he's walking that edge before he surprised us and comes in. And 
grunt the other way too. That may be a yeah, takeaway. Grunt. Don't grunt right at him. Grunt behind you a little bit. I mean, because he he immediately throwed his head up and he's like, I know where that was at. And when I saw him, I was like, shooter, shooter, shooter. I went to get the camera up. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt in my mind. I was like, we're fixing to kill this deer. And I don't know. It was. Oof, I wanted to see him die. I had everything in my heart set for him to die. If I didn't give up my Iowa tag for you, though, I'm sorry, old buddy. No, I couldn't yeah. do it. I, I couldn't him, do it again. I said, I said you're going you gonna to say a little prayer and give me that Iowa tag? Because that one year he said, just, you know, Lord, if you'll just let my buddy Cody kill you, one. If you got one laid up for me in Iowa, go ahead and give it to my buddy Cody this year. Shot a six-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't kill one in Iowa. Yeah, I did. No, I didn't. Yeah, it's the last time I had a buck tag. So this year he was like, yeah, you you want to give me that buck tag? I'm like, no, no, I ain't gonna do it this year. You got to earn it on your own. But Nicholas, take us through uh, take us through your your weekend uh, in, in Illinois. So you know that we moved our trip back. Um, this was just kind of a split decision. It was we had two days. I think two days left. We were me and I, me and uh, Brandon were packing up, and I told Brandon I, I called him one morning on the way to work, and I said, dude, I said. Um, would it hurt your feelings if we moved our trip to next Wednesday? He's like, why? <laughs> I'm immediately angry, you know. Uh-huh. I'm, like, um, I'm like, mad as hell. Like, Dude, it's 80 degrees up there. I was like, there's a cold front coming the following weekend. I was like, we can hunt through that cold front and then come back the next Wednesday. He said, well, let me let me ask the warden. So he asked her, and he's like, yeah, it's fine. He's like, actually, it works out because his son had a uh, game. We got a hair on your hat there, son. I see it. (laughs) It's bothering me. Um, So it actually worked out because his son had his last travel baseball game. So it worked out. So we we left, and and I was like, man, maybe we'll do good. You know, and I keep it, and I I know probably people's heard this before, but I keep a calendar on my phone of of when people's killed deer. And I was like, and I was like, okay, we've killed most of our, the better deer that we've killed, we've killed on the later part of like around the 11th to like the 15th. So I'm like, Maybe this will pay off for us. Hunting colder weather has got to. And I, and I felt pretty good about, you know, the decision we made early on because you guys were – I was texting you guys. I was texting Mark, and the, and everybody was texting back and forth like, man, it's hot. Deer aren't moving. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we would made a good decision. I, I, you know, I felt bad for you guys. Um, but you're thinking, oh, I'm glad I ain't up there sweating. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I'm glad I'm not yeah. up there sweating because I knew it was hot. Hell, it was hot at home, you know. Um but you can only go when you can go. So I, um, we leave out Wednesday morning, get up there, whatever. It's still hot. I think Wednesday afternoon I saw a shooter. It was on somebody else's property. I never even tried to do anything with it. It was just so far away. I actually hunted in a t-shirt that day. So Wednesday afternoon, hunted in a t-shirt, Thursday, hunted in a t-shirt afternoon, Friday, it starts getting cold. You guys are there. <laughs> and then Saturday morning is again, like you said, Cody, it starts snowing. We woke up. We knew it was going to snow. Wearing um, no t-shirt then. Was no, we <laughs> wearing no t-shirt then. We'd, we'd bundled up. And, and, and like you said, it was kind of a wet snow. And I was like, God, I just don't want to go get in the stand. So we, we took off. My dad took off. And, and uh, we got out there. And I, I pulled up to drop Brandon off where he was hunting at. And, and we were both like, uh, I don't really want to hunt this. So we pulled up to the church. There's a church up there, and it's got lights. We sit there, and we actually talked to you on the phone for a mm-hmm. while. And, and I was like, I think we're just going to wait on this stuff to quit and then get in there and hunt the rest of the day. Well, that didn't really work out, but we, we, we actually <laughs> got in there, and it was a beautiful morning. We we went ahead and got on in there right at daylight, and Brandon saw deer as soon as he got in there. And and, and I saw deer. I didn't even have my bow up and was seeing deer, but I was having a mess. Man, I, I went up there during the summer, and 
And I think prep work early season is very key if you got a place that you can do it on. But we went up there early season and, and put a set of climbing sticks up, and I knew I was going to be saddle hunting. And, man, I get up there, and it's just a dang mess. <laughs> I mean, it took me like an hour and a half to get ready, and I was cutting limbs, and I was like, man, I should have done all this prep work. Anyways, it's beside the point. <laughs> um, so this was this was Saturday. We hadn't saw we hadn't saw any good we hadn't really saw any good deer other than that one I seen way off. So a little little backstory on a couple of months before we went up there. There's if anybody ever listens to Wired to Hunt podcast, there's a guy named Tony Peterson. He does a once a week uh, podcast. It's only about twenty minutes long, and and he covers a lot of good stuff for hunting. And he had had an episode about tracking deer in the snow. Never crossed my mind until after the fact. So Brandon goes in this place he's hunting Sunday morning, and there's still snow on the ground. It's still pretty cold. And Brandon shoots a deer around like 7.30 that morning. He said, look, it's a decent deer. It's not huge. I shot the deer back. And he's like, I, I want to give it some time. I was like, let's give it eight hours. I was like, I'm going to hunt till 2 o'clock. I'll come out. We'll go look. So I did. I hunted till 2, went out and grabbed a sandwich. We sat around there for a little while. We got over there about three o'clock, never thought nothing about it. He marked the blood, found blood. Um, actually, one of his fletchings had came off, marked the blood, couldn't find his arrow. We go back over there and the snow's melted. Mm. No blood trail. Gone. Gone. We're like, what do we do? You know, we don't we don't know what to do. We found it. We actually found his fletch in there and we started looking and we found, I think we found a piece of blood about 80 yards from where he had um, last seen the where he had marked it on his phone. And we just basically walked in a straight line. And then when we got in that straight line, we walked out about 600 yards in a straight line. And then we started zigzagging back and forth. And then we went down towards the water and started zigzagging back and forth. And we never found nothing. So lesson learned on that. I mean, I guess you can you can say, well, if it's a bad shot, do I give it six or eight hours or all night? Or do you take the risk in the snow? There's not many times that we're probably going to get to hunt in the snow, right. especially with a bow, you know. So that is a lesson learned, I think. You just have to kind of maybe push it, you know, because you in these hardwoods up there where actually where Brandon was hunting, you, you know how hardwoods is when it snows. You can see a long ways. So I do think if you at least if you jump the deer, maybe you can at least drop points on it and go back in there and look. But I don't know. That's I guess that's a lesson learned for anybody listening to this. If you shoot a deer and, you, and you're not and you're worried about the shot and there's snow and it's, you think it's going to melt, push it as much as you can. Take the I guess take the risk. And see what a, you can a, a complete 180 to what we've said before in waiting. Yeah. But you've learned something off of that. Yes, 100%. And, and we probably should have just kind of timed it as maybe Brandon should have stayed there and been like, uh oh, the snow's melting. I need to start looking. Yeah. Um, but he had just backed out. So um, thought we was doing the right thing, ended up not working out. And Vane is in, in sandwiches, got to call on <laughs> his name. <laughs> so um, Sunday, Monday was, um, Monday, it was, again, it was good weather. We had, excellent weather it was really cold i mean it was night and day and the farmer actually said you know he said if you want to if you want the weather to change just wait every three days in illinois and it'll change up there but we go i hunt this spot just religiously where brandon had killed the deer before that we called sawzall in an earlier episode and was bouncing around in this thicket with a saddle brandon saw this deer day um i think it was monday morning Monday morning at 7.30, Brandon sees this deer, and he's limping. Great deer, only actually shooter that we even had on camera. I had been rattling and grunting all morning. Me and Brandon are sitting less than 100 yards from one another. I see this deer 
at 11.30 that morning walking straight at me. I get him within 22 yards, but it's so thick I couldn't do anything about it. He goes between Brandon and I, and I'm like, deer coming your way. He's like, where? I'm like, right in front of you. Get ready. Never sees the deer. It's so thick in there. So we never seen the deer again. Um, we get out that afternoon, and we go to a spot. We got, we actually just we walk straight to the truck and divide up and go to our next spots. We'd set till I think two or three, almost three o'clock. We go to our afternoon spots, and and I hadn't hunted this spot, but one time during the snow, but I had a hunt because we had a, uh, what do we have? A northeast wind, so I got a lock on in there that I had to go get in. And I thought, well, I'll just go set the last hour here and see what happens. So climb up there. I take the cushion out of this lock on each time. It's just, it's, I just don't want, I really don't want people to hunt it. But, um, <laughs> so I take the cushion out of it. But I put the cushion in it. I'm sitting there. I'm putting my camera arm on. It's it's a, it's an old, grown-up um, cow pasture. And it's got Where a, you actually killed a deer in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, on the opposite side there. And there's a little pond there and, and – and, um, I just thought, well, it's, it's a perfect wind for it, northeast wind, and, and you don't get that too often there. So I get in there, and I'm putting my camera arm up, doing everything. I was checking ratchet straps, getting in there, and I turn around, and it's wide open in front of you, and I turn around, you'll see it on the video. Turn around, and the buck, there's a buck standing on the dam of that lake, and I'm like, oh, crap. So I just sit down, can't do anything. I start watching. I just start videoing. You got I, my your bow, bow up. No, my bow's still on the ground. Why didn't you drag your bow up quick? Because he's sitting there. Like, I mean, it's wide open. Oh, like, okay. yeah, you can't move. Like yeah. I was like surprised that he was even still there with all the stuff I was doing. So I turned the video camera on and I'm watching him through the video camera and I'm pulling my bow up at the same time. And I finally get it up and I have to stop and hold it because I don't want it to hit the bottom of that lock on. So I'm <laughs> holding, holding, holding. Finally, I get it up there. Well, the deer goes down in the water, drinks water and comes back up on the dam of that lake and beds down. And he's, I mean, he's, he's not a big deer. But I'm like, okay, it's it's Monday afternoon. I'm gonna, you know, if something happens, I'm gonna shoot this deer. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> so the deer beds down, and it, it's cool. I'm watching him get some good footage, and he works his way around that dam, and he comes out behind these cedars, and I range him, and he's 50 yards. <sighs> I don't know if I want to take that. And so he keeps coming, and he's kind of coming towards me. So I range this, I range this cedar tree. I got the GoPro going. I got my camera going. I'm like, dude, this is going to work out. <laughs> here I have got in here, and this is going to work. So he comes to the seat. There's one small cedar tree, and you'll see it in the footage. And I range it, and it's 30 yards. So I put the dial on 30, and I pull back. And I'm like, please come on this side of it. He comes on the north side of it. And I'm like, my mind's telling me to let down, rearrange it. you got time. But I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to make all that. I don't want to make a bunch of noise. So I map him, stop him. I'm like, I'm going to. Put it towards the top of his back. He's got to be 35 yards. And uh, finally, my, my hinge release goes off, and it, it just flies up through there. And I'm watching the air the whole way, and it just ducks underneath him. I'm like, crap. And he, he just takes off up the hill. And and I'm like, what, what? there's no way that – I mean, I had it dead on him, and I ranged it, and it was 43 yards. And I turn and look at the camera, and, I, and I'll put it all in there. But I said to the camera, if if I don't kill a deer the next day and a half I'm here – I have accomplished what I have been with a monkey on my back for several years now. I hadn't felt that confident in a bow shot in so long that I was like, that's fine. That's just as good as killing one to me. Yeah. And, and I said that and I, I just, I was just like, thank you, Lord, for, for letting me, you know, and I don't think I'm over my target panic by no means. I feel like I'm, I got my head above water, 
and it felt good. And, and to go back, I had actually pulled back on another eight pointer earlier in the, in the week. And typically with my target panic, with it being so severe, if I felt like that I got brown hair in the sight, I would just let one fly. Send it. And um, I didn't on this deer. And I, t- I took my time and followed the deer. And, and, hell, he was only 15 yards. But this stuff I'm hunting so thick that he's – they got to come right in a perfect shooting lane. Of course, they don't come where you want them to. But – um, and I, I knew that that was a good feeling. But, when I, I mean, even missing that deer, it may, it may sound crazy to a lot of people. But it was, it was, a, it was kind of a win for me. So we go into the next day, and my dad ends up shooting one the next day, and and <laughs> he's got a raven. And my dad, my dad, we all, me and Brandon, and dad, we're all hunting there together. We're not far from one another. We hear my dad shoot, and <laughs> Brandon Taylor's like, "God dang, was that a rifle, Jack?" <laughs> uh, but it, it sounded like he really hit it. So I said, "Was that you?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "It just walked down there, kind of same thing you said. It just walked down there at like seventy yards and just kind of started walking." And I'm like, "Can you shoot it again?" He's like, "No, I can't. I can't get a shot on it." But the deer, I don't think the deer, like you said, I don't think them, they don't realize how fast. And people may think, well, a rifle's faster than a crossbow. Right. It is, but it's blowing up inside of them. That, the bolt's not. So I was like, again, he's like, I didn't see it bed down. I watched it walk off. I said, okay, let's give it a while. He said, I'm going to go tear my, some, my stuff down. I'm going to get down to 11, go tear my things out. And um, he comes back over and we meet him at two o'clock, get down there and we find blood for 300 yards. I mean, pouring blood. We never found his bolt pouring blood. And this deer goes up a hill and goes back in the, that thicket. And we just ran out of blood. And I'm like, that just that had to be a low flesh wound. There's a little bit of white hair with it. Um, so moral of the story, boys, we got to shoot better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no moral of the story is, is you're starting to conquer a, 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 a issue that you've had for quite some time. I mean, it's probably 2016, 2017 since you've killed a deer up there. Uh, twenty eighteen, I killed an eight pointer up there, and 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 again, I was still battling it in twenty eighteen, but I really, I probably didn't realize it. I didn't realize it as, that I had it as bad as I did until um, twenty nineteen when I took a doe up there. That I really realized like it was a problem, and um, I guess twenty after that was really when I started taking it serious. And again, I'm not out of the water on it. I mean, right. I, and. And if, any, if you ever listen to anybody that does have it, I don't feel like they, they say they never get out of the water. They just got to work through it. And, and I feel, I feel as confident as ever, um, probably going back, I probably could have, probably could have took that 50 yard shot, but, um, no, nah, it was, it was a great feeling and we had a good week. We, we end up not killing anything. We never took a doe. And this was probably the first year that we actually went up there on a mission. And I was going to ask y'all too. It was so hot those first couple of days. Brandon looked at me and he's like, "You gonna take a doe?" And I was like, "Absolutely." I was like, "I won't." You know, I don't think these bucks are gonna be running. I, I, I'm if I see a doe, and the only doe I had the opportunity was to take was the first day, but it was too dark, and and I didn't get the opportunity. So we came back deerless, and but it's all right. We had a good time. And you come back to Georgia and knock one down. Yep, got you some meat in the freezer. Yep, knock one down. So. It was a good time, man. I, I, you know, I think we didn't hardly see a whole lot of chasing, and and I'm not going to blame it on weather. Um, I don't know what it is. I think next year though we're going to go back. We're going to go up earlier. We've never been up early. Um, I've never hunted Illinois in October. Um, we're going to try to. We're going to try that next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. We're going to try. We're going to try to throw ourselves a curveball and see what we can do. 
Well, we might be in Nebraska or something when you're up there. <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've ignited a fire in old uh, Tyler on, on his traveling around the country. He, I'll uh, go anywhere y'all want to go. <laughs> <laughs> He'll load up. He may not have a job. He gets back. Yeah. So. But what? <laughs> Watson's over here shaking my head. He's wanting to go on a Rocky Mountain elk hunt, and he's wanting to oh, drag I'm down me along for that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Well, oh. you got a pack mule if you take Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Make get him not buy put them tag. traps to work. That's yeah. right. I wish I had more to share. Um, I, I will say this though, and and we've talked about this. I don't remember if we talked about it on the last episode. I don't think we did. We didn't talk about saddle and hip pinch or nothing like that, did we? No. You know. Um, we were all talking about it, and, and I even talked to Hunter a little bit about hip pinch. And, and it helped me by loosening just the belt of my saddle up. And and I would play each week with my bridge, or each day with my bridge. I would rotate it down and up. And then I was like, man, my, I feel like my maybe my belt's too tight on me. And I loosened my belt up to where it would almost feel like it would fall. I'm sitting, not my, not my belt to my pants been eating too good at deer camp yeah, we, did. Hey, we, did it. We, did, we did eat good but loosen that belt up on that just that goes around you i mean it ain't gonna slide off that saddle's made to go down around your butt anyways yeah um and then that from then on i mean again i was sitting in there seven eight hours at a time i was uh hunting here locally and that meme, you know, the guy that's sitting there on the park bench and the oh, other guys on the swing. Yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> that's the way I was the other <laughs> evening. I was like, you, you and me plus two or three. <laughs> I was just swinging around. I thought this is, this is pretty good. I mean, I love the saddle. I mean, it's, I, and I was the one that was like, I'm never going to hunt out of a saddle. Yeah. And buddy, let me tell you, it has made a believer out of me. And we'll see how much of a believer well, I am over the next, uh, next several days in, in those, uh, single digit temperatures. And I, and I think that was my problem to your point, because I had my belt so tight because when I'm going up the tree, I've got my sticks and my platform hanging from my saddle. Sure. So you don't want it to be pulling your pants down or like sagging. So I've cinched that thing tight. Yep. And then after, and, I do four, too. and after three or four days of sitting in, I was like, golly boy, you know, it's starting to, and I would do, you know, adjust everything like that. And uh, the last day, I finally loosened it, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, it's just like instant yeah, you, relief." Yeah, because yeah. it's it's, pull, it's pulling so tight on you. you lose, I mean, you you're not gonna fall out of it. No, you no. Know I mean, whether it's loose or not. But and a lot of times, <laughs> this is probably bad to say, but a lot of times, like I'm walking to stand, I don't put my lug buckles on. I don't like walking with them on. I leave them back Your there. Leg buckles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your lug buckles, lug buckles. i was like damn you got some super swampers you running in there my leg buckles i don't put them I, on i leave them back behind me and, and just walk without them yeah. i just put the belt on well i'll by the time i get up there i'll be standing there and i'm like oh i guess i should put my leg buckles. i don't be, think but you know the archon the two panel it, it has removable buckles you don't even run the buckles most people don't they, yeah. a lot of people talked about cutting them off altogether. they don't use them at all so yeah i don't think you wouldn't recommend that yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I still, mean, I, I'll put them on, but I'll loosen them all the way. I put them on just because, I don't know. I don't I just, I guess I feel safer. <laughs> yeah, I hate walking with them, though. They don't bother me. I, I, I pull them well, around. You ain't got me. thighs like well, he does right. either. He looks yeah. like damn Marshawn Lynch thighs walking in. Mark, you buckle yourself behind you, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I think I, that's what I think, though, isn't it? You just spin it yeah, around, spin it around, Mayo. Talking in the wrong side. <laughs> Some, well, something sorry. I did though too. Um, the way that cruiser's built with the mollies, uh, I ordered a pair of cheap suspenders, and and mollied mine to that. Some so. old dockers. So I have suspenders. Well, you know that, that alleviates. You talk about like having to sit your belt down tight. 
Mm-hmm. That alleviates a lot of that because it, it puts the pressure up on your shoulder so you can run a looser hip, like waist belt, and uh, and I don't buckle my loops. or my. Well, I ordered that. So I've got the BK Outdoors uh, tree strap. And, and it's made for that. Exactly. But I can't find the, the – apparently I lost the other piece. <laughs> oh, oh, you lost strap. the clips yeah, that go yeah, to your belt? Yeah. yeah, something dry. I mean – Yeah, I've actually, I actually thought about using my BK strap for that because on private land I don't use it a lot. So I thought about using it because it's that's what it's made for yeah, to hook exactly. it two places in the front, one in the back. Yeah, to hold it up. I, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. You do not. But, there, but there's a, isn't there? An, I'm saying I lost a piece. There's of it. adapter. Yeah, you got to have the little clips no, no, that no. go on there. No, you don't have to have the adapters. Is it just the one I mean, piece of the strap? It's the strap, and then has you got the strap that hangs down off of it? No. That hooks in the back. That strap hooks in the back, and then it just. But they, he makes those. There's little ties that go to that. Yeah, but you can take the metal hooks. It's on both ends, and they just slide in the mollies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I take back that I lost anything. Apparently, I just. You did lose it. You did it. lose it because there are some that came with it, but you don't need them apparently. Yeah. No, you can just use the strap, just like it comes with the the long strap that hangs off sure. of it. That hooks in the back in the middle. And when you put your your pack on or something, I always put. My yeah, pack you on put that your pack one. on, yeah. it, and then you pull the. The rest of it over the front, and you got one on your left no and one way. on your right. Okay, well. and then you just tighten them. I, I will say this: from setting that setting that saddle all week, and then I went and setting that lock on one time with my regular harness on. Man, that thing kills my neck. Does it kill y'all's neck? What? I, I feel like I'm like just a regular harness pulling up there on the back of my neck. I feel like it's just it's it's making me hunched up. It just kills my neck. Dang, what do you do got? You get the Prusik neck? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. It just makes me. Does it do I don't that know. You, Mark? Just binds me. I mean, I think that with a combination of like a bino harness that I wear, it puts a lot of pressure on my traps. I do feel it. You know, Did you say know. traps? <laughs> yeah. He said traps. Have you seen Tyler's traps? <laughs> he said flaps. <laughs> he was talking to you. He said flaps, Mayo. <laughs> yeah. You got a you got a what size three, or saddle? <laughs> yes, it's three X. <laughs> you know, I, I, I bought a brand new safety harness this year, and I hadn't even, hadn't even put it on yet. So that's, I love that saddle. Just so much easier to put up. Was it time to replace yours? Or oh no, <laughs> sick! Uh, I remember now. <laughs> uh, you had a matching. Yeah, yeah. Where's those jabs at? You had for me. Muddy makes it. <laughs> I love it. Jabs. No jabs. I've been waiting on them, dude. No. I was prepared. No, I, I really don't have any jabs for you. I, and, anyone that listened to the last episode, if you if you think anything that was said that night was taken in uh, seriousness or that was said out of ill intent, you need to really question whether or not our friendship is the way it is. Nick, Nick likes to give me a hard time just like everybody else does, so don't don't think anything of that. Yeah. If you don't like what we're doing or, or don't support us, well, that's fine. We don't care. <laughs> as far as I'll go, I'll get on that wake boat if you want me to. Rival me and Alex to Illinois, and you'll think we hate <laughs> each other. Oh, yeah, that's what he says. Like, Man, you and Cody really hate each other. <laughs> no, but, it's just us. I'm going to really hurt some feelings, I hope, in about five days. Five days. I got some. Alex. I'm going to give you some good footage. No, I don't care. Yeah, just, hey, Nick, 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 Nick. Got a spot. (laughs) We are talking about it. Still think back to that first time I ever called you in Illinois. No, Iowa. Iowa. Called you. Mm -hmm. So excited. And you was like, what? No, I was excited then. <laughs> then, what about, then yeah, I heard him yeah. say that. Back, back then, we cared. Yeah. Now it would just be like if I didn't watch football and somebody called me and was like, Tom Brady won another Super Bowl, I'd be like, 
cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Isn't he out of fingers? Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. You know what was funny? That first, uh, let's see, it was probably the second year I'd called you that morning. I'm like, we'll get it done this morning. I killed one. That was in 2014. Mm-hmm. So. And then every year. Yep. <laughs> every year you called me. Every year. Got it done. Got it you're done. Gonna, gonna Not every year. One. I didn't get it done the last two years. I hadn't killed one up there in two years. So. Well. Hmm. Tax derby mm. bill. Y'all got anything left for Illinois? I think anything y'all want to leave with the list? I'm going back after. I'm going back before season closes. Did you learn anything this year? I mm. I did. I don't I don't know necessarily learn. I felt like like again I feel like my accomplishment was made and um I just think we're gonna try something different. Like I told Brandon, what's it gonna hurt? Let's try something. Yeah. Let's go up open a weekend and let's go up the first week of November. You know, if it wasn't for kids we'd leave Halloween, but we're gonna have to wait till November first. So we're gonna try some, we're just gonna try something different, see what happens. I mean yeah. what's what's it what's it gonna hurt? We may get up there, we we may get up there in some good action. I, I don't know. Try to get up there with with the. Well, if you'd been think, up there two years ago, you'd have hit the best cold front of all of November. Because mm-hmm. two years ago, that's when we missed it. We were mm-hmm. late getting there. Now, of course, it worked out for the first couple of days, but then it got hot again. So, my cameras for the last two years since I've been running them up there have been going off the first of November, like far as chasing wise. I, I say chasing. There's been bucks in front of the cameras, and they seem to be multiple deer with them. You know, I'm not sure they're chasing or seeking, whatever. But I think it's just something that we're going to try. I mean, if we, if we go, we may go up there and say this is the worst time ever. Do I think the deer numbers are down for that area? I do, and I said that last year. I do think the deer numbers are down. Now I don't know if that's for pressure or if that's for EHD, because Brandon found a place to hunt this year and he didn't have a problem seeing deer, no matter when he went in. Yeah. So, um, do you hunt there next year? Or you are. <laughs> uh, he'll he'll hunt there next year. I did mark some spots when I was in there looking for his deer. But. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mark, you got anything? I mean, I just talking about what Nick said. I mean, this year kind of reiterated the fact that it's time. I, I really think it's more about timing than it is oh, weather. Yeah. Um, they're going to do their thing. They know it's the time of year. Um. So yeah, just get up there and sweat it out and stay optimistic. Well, yeah, and like he, like you said, prime example. I mean, we watched that deer breed that doe, so he had to have been, you know, I think they were moving a lot at night in our area. Well, two, rut two, activity was at night. Two, yeah. year, two oh, years yeah. ago, um, I seen the biggest deer I've seen in Illinois. Same deal. I was in there with a with a light long sleeve shirt, and it was you know probably sixty degrees, and he was, had four does chasing him around. So it's just timing and. Just try to stay optimistic and hang in there as long as you can. It happen any time. Love it. All right, boys. That's wrapping up Illinois. December's on the horizon. It's still deer season in Georgia. So it's it's going to be deer season real, in Georgia for two more months. Real, real quick for people hunting in Georgia, and because uh, the most of our listeners are from Georgia, what are you going to focus on for the next – three to four weeks where deer going to shift their pattern my opinion is everybody thinks that the rut is over and i have no doubt in my mind that the best activity to hunt is going to be over the next two weeks in my opinion i got a picture i checked a stagnant trail camera this morning in clayton on, on a two acre piece and at twelve thirty, there was a buck 
come through with his mouth wide open today. Yeah. So I had a boat with a doe just, last night. Yeah, I mean, just get out there. But the the old narrative that we always thought was the week of before Thanksgiving and the week of has kind of been rewrote because every year while I'm in Iowa for that first of December pattern, I got a big one that shows up on camera. Stay off my cameras, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so we'll see what happens, and I'm going to hunt. The next, when I get back from Iowa, I'll go right back to the same pattern I was trying to get on the creek ditches, the crossings, things like that. And it'll probably be tapered just about off by the time I get back. But we look at food. Yeah. You got food. And now that we can bait, if you got a feeder full January when it gets cold, oh boy, oh, yeah. going to be good. Yeah. So, you ain't baiting. You ain't baiting, you waiting. You ain't baiting, you waiting. Like old T Bone said. Well, for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, thanks for coming and listening to another uh, another good episode. It was a lot of fun talking about the successes and failures that we saw this year. Um, on our next episode, Nick will probably have a wake book ep- a wake boat episode uh, striping my legs for. I hope it's for killing the biggest deer of my life. Don't stop at crystals. <laughs> crystals, crystals, and Zaxby's can. S- kick rocks (laughs) not say nothing too bad but for everyone here at talk about it outdoors we appreciate y'all being with us if you got anything you want to hear uh coming up um won't be long we'll be back on turkeys and nick will have all kinds of things to say and uh i got a i got a hammer showing up on camera nick we gotta we gotta get that joker killed come springtime that's yours buddy you got redemption (laughs) the redemption tour of of forever but like i said uh, keep your eyes on social media as it comes forward we got a lot of exciting things coming out and well we can't wait to see what's uh what's coming um we hope everyone had an amazing thanksgiving and uh if you need anything reach out to us if we can help you out with anything we'd be glad to so for everyone here at talk about it outdoors we want to remind you smile as you go but don't forget mount the memories Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, When an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering? barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need 
or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. 